and welcome to another episode of the Testing Peers podcast. And listener, I have a confession. I've been a manager. But do we need managers? Hmm, interesting question. But before we dive into that, my name's Chris Armstrong. And tonight you join the Testing Peers and I am joined by some lovely people. Russell Cracksford. Hiya. David Maynard. Hello. And a recently reanimated Simon Pryor. Hello. He was frozen on our screen. It was very, very disturbing. Now, before we dive into the exciting banter, we want to say thank you to Safran QA, who continue to be our sponsor. And they are also here to support the testing community. Therefore, should any of our listeners be in the market for a new job in testing or hiring new talent for your team, please reach out to Ben Letissier. He can be contacted via email at ben at safranqa.co.uk. So, David, please tell us, Panta, what's up? So, we're talking about do we need managers? Well, in our lives, I just wondered what at this moment in time can you not do without? I can go for a first for a change the internet. Because <laughs> I wouldn't be able to see my peers as frequently. And everything else, like my job, would pretty much be very <laughs> different. <laughs> but they had, you know, they had computers before the internet. It's just the world would be very different. And... Yeah, imagine this world without internet now. I was, I was, I'm just trying to think of it. I think at the moment, what can I live with? What couldn't I live without? My music, my books. I think that's probably, I, I'm obsessed with reading at the moment. So not having a book by my side, I have one here, is, is a rarity. So yeah, I think that would be mine at the moment. Well, I was thinking about people like we we were sort of created to be social beings. And um, I don't think if I existed in isolation, I'd be having a particularly fun time. And yes, the internet helps to stay connected, but also there's this beautiful, wonderful people in my house that I share my life with. And I certainly couldn't live or exist without them. I'd probably be in a depressed little hovel somewhere, not really doing much with my life. Very nice. Uh, Yeah, for me, I was going to say family as well, but uh, and my dog, but also at the moment, I love my coffee machine. I'd love, you know, I've got a new one, a barista coffee machine that grinds the coffee, bean to cup. And um, yeah, it's something that I'm really enjoying in my life at the moment. David, we need to talk about your problem. <laughs> I was gonna say, it's I'm okay to be addicted one. to coffee. It's okay. No, I use decaf. So it's, I'm not. It's, okay, uh, it's, it's weirder to be addicted to decaf coffee, <laughs> but it's. Uh, I think it's as much the all fun different. of doing it and frothing the milk and just the taste. It's. It's. You, you, don't, you don't just press a button; it does it for you. You have no. to do it. Oh, yeah. okay. So you see, our minds are literally just press a button and it creates a latte for you. So no, no, yours no. was a um, yeah. Deliveroo app, so. <laughs> well, yeah, there is that as well. Excellent. So, well, go on, Simon. <laughs> So um, we've talked about what we what we can't do without, but can we do without managers? We say this as we're all in technically in roles where we manage people. So why what do is we a manager? do without managers? Is, 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 do managers just manage people? There is a line manager, I would say. Well, actually, yeah. Could we could we do without certain managers, but some other managers are <laughs> let, let, Let's not start bashing on the PMs. That's not, that's not the way to go. <laughs> but does it depend on the context? That's sort of the thing. I, yeah, I mean, I, I certainly remember being at a conference and I 
got introduced to somebody and they asked what my role was. I said, oh, I'm a test manager. And they said, we don't need test managers. And they walked away. They didn't know me. They just dismissed me because I was a test manager. And they said, and I, I felt I felt pretty rubbish. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I've been there as well. I've been there when I've, I've, I've announced myself as a test manager and they've gone, oh, I'm not sure why you're still in the job. Like, oh, great. Thanks. And actually that was <laughs> five, six years ago. And I think it, as David just said, it depends on the context. Um, some companies very much just, yeah, and, and, and every company is different in what they use job titles for. Uh, the yeah. test manager or quality engineering manager in my current place is very different to what I was as a test manager in previous roles. Um, it's, it does come yeah. down to that, doesn't it? Um, like anything, it's what do we mean? And what and those people were speaking to you, Simon and Chris, you know, what did they have in their head? as a, mm. a test manager and has the role like many others like a test engineer or a QA tester or whatever job title you want to throw towards a tester um, has the role changed and like the any role has people have people of organizations changed with it that's a profound question I guess and I think some people have changed some haven't <laughs> that's where it yeah. often gets more of a challenge and I remember I wrote a blog post about four or five years ago about is the role of the test manager dead? And a lot of the stuff I put in there is still relevant now. It was all about the role evolving into more of a coaching role, growing your team members rather than being managing the tasks on a project. And I think in most, in some cases, that is the case still, that there are lots of roles where test managers still manage project testing tasks and they, they drive a delivery of the testing. Other places the test managers are much more of a hands-off, just look after the testers type role. So it really does depend on the context. And the way of working, right? Like more more deeply, there's certain certain ways of work, working dictate a different requirement. Like it, it, if we work in an agile world where there are sort of self-organizing teams who can manage all their own workload, they, that, that role of a traditional manager who's, planning project tasks for them well that's kind of taken up by the role of like a ba and a team that then then pick their work and, and organize their their own sorts of ways of working it's it's different but that doesn't mean stuff doesn't need to be managed like people still need to be looked after um and you know if, if you're working in an organization where agility only exists within software development but there's other worlds that exist without it where there there needs to be sometimes people who can manage relationships and and manage the expectations of people like there's there's a lot of different things that need to be managed i do think a lot of that sort of traditional gantt chart level project manager type of stuff with with sign off and stuff in some some context is no longer really required because automation and process and agility can sort of mitigate all of that where you still get to achieve all of those good things without having a, a single point of failure or approval along the way but the the, the role of manager it's, it is quite murky and it's very wildly misunderstood um for what it was because like like you say the role of a test manager is very different depending on where it is you're working some places have middle management right where essentially the, the, the manager acts as a buffer between the people above and the people who are doing the job and their entire role is to essentially ensure people have got enough freedom to do their job 
rather than rather than deal with sort of the business madness that operates um above them it's it's very different so i mean is there a particular type of management that we would be happy to see no more is there a particular type of management that we think we would like to stick around i think the a management style that should disappear is the sort of autocratic you know do as i say type thing i'm a great believer in i, I manage people i great believer in people's hopes and dreams you know actually talking to your to your engineers and finding out actually what do they want to do and try and helping their career uh, move forward but actually telling people just by seeing people as pegs to fit in holes or human putty or you know just go, doing as i say i think is a management style that that should die yeah, I, I would agree. And I think to add to that, using the term resources for people is a, is a big bugbear for me as well, not treating people as humans. I think for me, it's it's those, it's that middle management layer that Chris just mentioned, the paper shufflers that are literally the interface between maybe the engineering manager level and the senior leadership level. It's that understanding of putting, not having too many layers of management when we don't need them and actually everyone's got their their own responsibility within within the teams and and having the right levels of, of, of hierarchy and linking between roles i've worked with some managers that literally all they seem to do was just interface between two people and talk from one to the other and back again and it's just there's no need for those those kind of interactions especially in the world we're in now with how easy communication can be through various messaging platforms and and online online things like teams and zoom as well as the in-person stuff i don't think that i think there's certain roles like that 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 no longer needed yeah can't disagree with what anyone's saying to be quite honest it sounds like a lot of traditional test manager type roles in the waterfall world were coordinating planning resources doing these sorts of things and that's um been empowered more to teams uh into agile sort of groups to kind of feedback into delivery managers potentially and kind of taken away from a specialist resource planning type thing and it comes more into kind of this agile delivery management roles that are becoming more popular rightly or wrongly and obviously the team are empowered to do the task the activities the work feedback the risks the problems the blockages um, with Scrum Masters that they're doing Scrum and things like that. So they're much more empowered. And this sort of task management um, is going because in reality, we're trying to do continuous testing. So it's a vertical slice constantly versus a phased approach more often. Where you start seeing more phased approaches and the build-up and planning for that, then you start needing more coordination often, I find. So if you even if you've got like a hybrid where you've got a handoff, it's not the greatest model. But that's where you start getting coordinators in. That's probably a nicer title for the managers. Because again, it's that resources. They don't manage people. They coordinate people in an agile world. You work together, you facilitate, you're doing that behavior versus managing. And a lot of people with managers title I've seen being task managers. Like, you know, you will do this ticket next. You will do this ticket next. You will do this ticket next. And I have to say, I can't stand that culturally or anything else. Someone wants to help. Oh, what do you think is most important? It should be at the top of the list, but if you're not sure, I'll help you. That's the right sort of attitude, isn't it, really? 
but it is hard. The world is changing. It changes in different places, though, doesn't it? Because we see like software development and and software testing the world in which we operate very much feels like there's a lot of there's always like a new innovative way of working and adopting things and you know people say oh we don't need this anymore we don't need that anymore and and it's quite easy to get a new idea and think oh that's cool let's try and use that in our workplace and and very often it feels like our little software bubble can can be operating sort of in isolation with with the rest of our organizations that we're working with and you feel sometimes we're speaking like a different language and the more we talk about all these sorts of ways that we're doing things self-organizing teams qualities everyone's responsibility continuous testing they're all good things and we can explain them all but often like wider organizations don't necessarily see that maybe they're not taught that way or they're not i don't understand that way of working and, and it feels like we're doing this cool innovative stuff over on one side and the other side it's just kind of shrugging shoulders going those software guys are just doing their thing or whatever I, th- I think there's I think there's two elements there. I think there is there is definitely that thing of, of we talk a different language. And actually, I was in an agile workshop last week where someone was doing a this is Kanban, this is how we're going to use Kanban for an activity. And actually, even in the IT function, a lot of people that had never heard of Kanban never knew what the WIP limits were, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then there was a, a few of us that are in the testing world that seemed to be almost driving the the, 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 the session because we learned about it before. But what I'd also say is even not just in our companies, but in the wider industry, the more things that we adopt as new new fangled shiny things is the longer the tail of adoption gets. And there's still people and there's still quite a lot of companies that are still in a very old fashioned waterfall way of working that have not adopted any of these new practices. Scrum, DevOps, continuous testing, none of it has, has reached them because they're very comfortable in their own bubble. And, there, there are, there is always going to be that long tail of adoption that people aren't moving to the newfangled things. So it's always being aware that we, even in our own context, we're talking a language sometimes that people that are working in the same jobs as us don't understand. Um, and it's a difficult one because you can only go out and educate more people. And and I think going back to the topic of managers, there will always be a need for some companies to have very traditional managers in place. It's just the way the way of the world. Is there a need for not very traditional managers? Such as? Well, such as, so, you know, maybe maybe in some context they might be called something other, like a coach or a whatever, but in order to fit within the context of their organisation, in order to have that right level of sort of hierarchy or respect within a broader organisation, they have to have a title manager within them. But the way that they operate isn't, shuffling papers or planning people's work but they're actually enabling and empowering which i think is a lot of the topics that we cover and we talk about as good things that we aspire to within the conversation we have on this podcast i mean is there a place for someone with the job title manager to actually be doing modern exciting inclusive empowering things or is is manager really a dirty word, or is it just something that comes with more baggage than some other ones? It's a job title. It's two words. It doesn't mean much more than whatever interpretation you throw into it. So a job title in itself is not toxic. It's not terrible, and all the rest of it. It's uh, it's just a demarcation. What you might get though is expectations. So when you use that job title to other people in conferences, they perceive that is in you must be X or Y. 
And you get that sometimes with requests that someone says, oh, there's a test manager. Right, I can go to the test manager and get resource plan. Um, or I can do this thing because that's how they will manage because that's what test managers do. And there's always some biases based into people's thought processes of what they've used before and so on. But that's all about breaking down barriers. And that's something we should be doing constantly. Roles evolve all the time. Test manager one is evolving. And as we said, it's a, it's a spectrum. And actually what a need is depends on the situation. So, you know, I do think that the job title itself is not terrible um, wrong or anything else like that. It's all about what you do. Our management style is more inclusive. Not telling. I would I would agree because actually there may be people who don't have manager in their title but actually do a very as we're talking traditional manager managerial role and are shuffling papers or organizing the groups in a particularly tr- traditional way. Uh, exactly as Simon said because of the nature of the company that they're actually in at the moment and therefore they are forced into that dependent on the title amazing the way words have just sort of like a a weight and an expectation to them and i think in, in our world manager seems to be one of the more weighted titles um that comes um i know a lot of a lot of we've talked about job titles and they'd be up and down and all, all over the place but it it is interesting um more than any other isn't it yeah and I, I think it's always one of those common those common memes that you see all over social media linkedin particularly of the manager versus the leader where you've got the manager that's suited and booted maybe dressed a bit like david does with his tie and, and everything else but they're still at the front pointing at their team and then there's the leader that's driving the team on i don't think it is that black and white uh, i think it, it does come down to semantics of job titles but there are definitely more leadership skill sets that are more relevant today and more in need today than the the standard management of tasks and then sort of dictating to your people what they need to deliver. I think it is more on that coaching, leading your team and, and working with them to drive deliveries. We do thought work, you know, we think creatively, that's kind of the style of work we are involved in these days. And there's different management styles that work in different situations and so on. And if you want to create a culture of empowerment, you want to create a culture of thinking, of taking responsibility, ownership, um, those sorts of things, which is what you need if you want Agile to kind of work. You've got to be empowering. You've got to be enabling. You've got to be motivating. You've got to be a coach to a degree. You've got to be the mentor. These are some of the more skills that become more important as a as someone who leads or tries to drive something forward, you know, call them leader or anything else. So we've got to not worry so much about job title. It's it's like in most things, it's what you do that matters. You can be any title under the sun, but it's a kind of like, how do you lead? How do you add value to your organization? And that could be planning resources. It could be motivating your next generation of testers. It, it could be, doing management reports because actually you've got a really old school management dashboard that you have to feed it lots of data. Could be you've got agile ones that just pull information radiators for you. We have to adapt to the situation we've put in, don't we really? I think you're absolutely right, Russell. I think that delivering value regardless of your job title is the absolute crux of what any role should be about. And and whether you've got the title manager or not, it doesn't 
doesn't deter from that fact that your main focus should be delivering that value in whatever capacity you need to. I think the other thing I would say about manager as well is in some cultures, in some companies, it has a status. And that status can be seen as, oh, I've made it. I've made it to manager. And in some companies, it's the next level up on the promotion run as well. You go from being technically hands-on to being the manager. And as much as I feel that's a broken job career ladder within a company because there needs to be that technical opportunity as well, it is sometimes just the way that company has been structured and they've never really had to revise it because they never thought anything more of it. So some of this comes down to then what you do. How can you, if you happen to find yourself in an organisation where the role of a manager on paper is one thing, but you maybe find yourself in a position where that's your only option, how can you change? How can you get that buy-in to change in to show that value in a role that's more than just the stuff that we 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 kind of have talked about maybe shouldn't really be the role anymore? How can you actually bring about that change? Like a lot of us, our goal in, in testing is to bring people on our journey, get buy-in. How can we change those perspectives? How can we challenge them? How can we sort of show show the way, lead the way, as you said? I'm, I'm going to answer it with our catchphrase. It depends. Some people can be roadblockers and say, like, um, critically, this is the way we work. Um, you're going to tell people what to do and they're going to follow it. You're going to struggle in those contexts to persuade people because you've just hit a belief system in many ways. That way to get people to do things is to hit them with a stick or to control type models. Um, you can try and persuade them. You can try and demonstrate. You can try and do, well, why don't we experiment with this team? Try a different approach and see if we get actually better outputs, more engagement. How do they find things? What's their feedback? You can use information from surveys, um, like if you do like a staff survey, exit interviews to help drive kind of change from feedback. But if you get someone with a really big obstacle like that, it, it is going to be a challenge, depending on how much power they wield. If it's someone on par with you, then it's and you've got someone above, then it's still about coaching that person. It's about well, again, creating the room to try the allies, the people that work with you um, to kind of overcome it. It just depends where that blocker is, some of those different approaches. But my view is always do small experiments. You know, no, most people won't really force you not to do something if you make it small enough to show something. And if you show evidence, they have to look twice. doesn't mean they have to change, but most people, if they say, well, this team's three times more productive than this team, they're not that crazy that they're going to go, that's just false. Some will. That's what I would try and do in most of those situations. I'd go back to what you said also, Russell, is getting those allies, getting someone, even one person that's on your side that, you know, whoever they are in the company, if you've you've got two people that believe in it and you can work together, either on the same project or a different project, and prove its worth, then actually that's greater evidence for for that change. Yet appear. Yes. And you know, you will get roadblocks, you will get people that don't want change, especially, as Simon said, you know, in these companies that really don't want to change, it's going to be quite difficult to get that. But but start small, start small, don't try and do the biggest picture, don't go for revolution, because you will potentially fail. You you cannot boil the ocean, I think, is the phrase. Is it really? Mm. Uh, Possibly with global warming, we might be doing that in the near future, though. but that's a different problem. (laughs) That's a whole different podcast. Um, 
but the the yeah so start small and get allies or peers and and build up from that particular boat and i would say try something do those little experiments ask for forgiveness rather than permission and uh, make those small changes i would say um on on that i guess there's a lot of things like often we've got a gut and we've got a feeling that that there are ways things that maybe should be speak to people sanity check your ideas before you you jump in dive in and try and do these things like like you said get an ally do those things but just sense check these things like is this right for our context i've i've got this this feeling that this would work here am i right like those sorts of conversations and, and establishing a context are really important. It's it's a part of getting buy-in and bringing change about is involving people in in those those thoughts. Because if if you just if you just if you just started acting like the manager you thought you should be and nobody knew that's what you were going to do, that could be quite disastrous. <laughs> so you know, bring bring people along on your journey. Share, share share your thoughts. Share your ideas. I think it'd be good to do this. I want to run this experiment. What about this idea? um doesn't this make sense if we do that or or whatever communication right it's 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 bringing people along communication and collaboration always those regular sorts of things and maybe your ideas are great but they don't fit your context now or or where where you are so you know blog blog about them like simon did you know maybe maybe you'll find somewhere that will fit yeah I, i would agree and i think trying experiments are a really good idea because um, it does give you the chance to try new things and, and help evolve the, the surroundings that you're in or the environment that you're in. And I was uh, mentioning an experiment I did because I, when I first became a manager, I felt very isolated. My team sat at the end of the building. Uh, my office, because I had an office with no door on it, but I had an office, felt like people were having to cross some kind of threshold to come and talk to me. So they didn't come in. They would, would, would tentatively sort of wait outside until I happened to walk out out of the room so I literally eliminated sitting at my desk for a whole week and went and sat with my team actually whenever there was I just pulled up a chair between two workstations and then just sat there with my laptop and, and alternated around where I was sat and the engagement I got in that one week was a million times better because I was around they could just talk to me wherever whenever they wanted to so I actually ended up moving my desk over to that and moving it out of the office because I tried this experiment just on a small scale of, yeah, I'm going to come and sit with you guys. It might sound silly now because we're all remote, but in those days, I was I was away from my team and they didn't come and speak to me. I didn't feel that engagement, and I just changed one thing, tried an experiment, and it worked. And they they were all. I asked them beforehand, "Are you all right if I come and sit with you this week?" Because I I want to see if it makes any difference to how we're all working together. And it works really well. And sometimes you have to take that step to try and improve things. And from a manager perspective, it wasn't that I wanted to watch what my team were doing. It was more a case of I wanted to feel part of the team. I want to be, you know, part of them. I want to work with them. I want to help them. I want to drive them forward. And I can do that if I'm sat within them. Um, so, yeah, just try and experiment out. And it helps make that leadership model as well of of how you want to lead your team. And not be that dictatorial, faceless manager that's sat in the office down the hallway that never comes to talk to you. It often comes down to what leader would you like? Try and mirror that. You know, who's the person that you actually work best, like leads you better? The person that listens, the person that empowers you, the person that challenges you at times, you know, sort of um, radical candle sort of thing that actually will push 
you and not just let you get away with murder, but hold you to account. Those are the ones that do it, but in a constructive way. The ones that rip you apart for no real good reason, the ones that do those things, those managers are the ones that people don't like working for. You don't, if you're going to go to a meeting, you're not sure whether you're going to get your head ripped off or if you're going to be patted on the back. Um, no one likes that situation. So you try and be the leader. You you want managers to be people that you'd like to be managed by, if that makes sense. Kind of conflicting myself here. but So when we go back to these managers and what this empirical manager roles exist, like I've worked in places where we have dev managers leading testers. No problem with that whatsoever. Because they're, they're not trying to tell them how to do work. And actually, sometimes it works better because they don't have a foot. It's that old um, pig and chicken thing. Um, they don't have a foot in that game. So they're much more empowering, listening to those people, bringing their ideas forward, um, trying to connect them with other people. And it actually sometimes can work better than an expert being the manager to a degree because it is more empowering. Again, it depends on the individual. I don't necessarily believe that managers have to be in the same role as the people they are. Um, CFOs don't know how to do every single job in their company. It's not the way it works. Managers don't have to be the expert. Um, managers need to be more of the people that help. But anyway, I'll go off on my rant now. And that, that does link back to the discussion of, of manager being the promote, next promote level in the promotion rung because the expectation, therefore, is, oh, you're the best person and you're best, the, the best, most technical person in the team, therefore, you're made a good manager. And nine times out of ten, it's not the best technical person that makes the best manager. And actually, that highlights a point. There was a place where um, I used to work where part of the um, promotion scale was to to get into manage people, manage people. And there are some engineers that don't cope well. They they don't have the social skills. They they admit themselves that they don't necessarily want to manage people, and yet they're forced into a position where they might have to manage people. And actually, that I think that's wrong as well you know they should absolutely have a path to show their technical skills and be able to be promoted in on that level rather than just being forced into managing processes or people or whatever um in that case it's not right for everyone if we go back to kind of more the original you know talking about all traditional test managers and things i have to admit um i've had test manager as a title i now as a more senior leader I'm not the keenest on that title because it does cause stereotyping. Uh, it does cause people to be biased and those bring into it. So I do prefer to call people leaders. That's got its own biases because it used to be a test leader is below a test manager. Um, so if you say someone's a test lead, it doesn't sound as, um, as authoritative or as you've grown as far. Some people can feel like it's a step down, but it's all about just trying to use semantic language, use detailed language. Now, I've been told by people, stop wordsmithing. It's not important what things are. It's like, no, no, it's everything. Words matter more than most things. Uh, you've got to be careful with language. You've got to use it wisely. We all make mistakes. That's not a problem. But titles do have an influence indirectly or otherwise. You made that point earlier about in some cultures, um, I want to be a manager, not a leader. Um, that's the hierarchy and that's what they're used to. And still it is prevalent in testing that you have, I just say the general hierarchy is kind of, you have an associate, you have a junior type roles and you have testers, you have seniors, you might have leads, you might have architects, 
almost in parallel. And theoretically, you've got a manager level above that. And then you've got like program level above that. And then you've got director level above that. There's some patterns that exist in IT. And they do mean that not just testers, the people we interact with have those biases. So language is really important. And I know that sometimes my choice towards more of a, I want test leads, not managers, um, conflicts with that as well, because it's it's seen as a different level. It's seen at a level below. It's not as impactful, not as influential, not as supportive. They're just words, but this is how important words can be misconceived. And we need to make sure that it's the actions they do that gets recognised. Because that's what will change opinions, the actions. You call yourself um, a banana and you behave like a cucumber. People are going to see what you are. And I don't know why I picked those two random fruit, but I did. Um, <laughs> Cucumber's not fruit either. <laughs> oh, is it not? Well, actually, it is. Is it not? But we'll let you on. Yeah, it is. It's got seeds in the middle. Seeds, yeah. yeah. But anyway, see, testers, we test everything, even our own language here. Um, but it's that important part, though, isn't it? It's about actions speak louder than words, but often your first impressions will be the words, not your actions. So um, full circles to a degree. And on that note of epiphany of my cucumbers and my bananas, um, we should call it a night because we could talk managers for a lifetime because it means so many different things. So... Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much to Saffron QA for continuing to sponsor us. Uh, if you'd like to reach out to us, you'll find us on contact us at testingpeers.com if you want to email. You'll also find us on X or what was Twitter. You'll also find us on Patreon. We still have a presence there, even though we don't really go into it much. And you will um, also find us on LinkedIn and some other places. But feel free to reach out to us in any way. We're always happy to talk things. As we've discussed, context is everything. So thank you for joining us. For now, it's goodbye from the testing peers. Goodbye. Goodbye.